1 to 16, and then 12, 1 to 8. And in response to the word of God, we sing together Psalm 62, 1, 3, and 5. John 11. We begin reading at verse 1, and this is the word of God. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews are just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. And then, as you know, the Lord Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. In the rest of that chapter, it speaks about that. Then we go to chapter 12, beginning at verse 1, where we meet Mary, Martha, Lazarus again. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. So far, the word of God. text for the sermon this morning, congregation, is the, uh, the verses 38 to 42 of Luke chapter 10. Luke 10, beginning at verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, 
That's Jesus and the disciples. Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So far the text. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, boys and girls too. Jesus entered Bethany near Jerusalem, and Luke tells us that he was welcomed into the house of a woman named Martha. So it was her house. Maybe, well, her sister Mary and brother Lazarus apparently lived with her in that house. So maybe all three were unmarried siblings. That's often been assumed. Or seeing that it was was Martha's house, what is more likely is that she was a widow and her unmarried sister and brother moved in with her after the death of her husband. She had inherited his house. Or maybe all three were widowed. We don't know for sure what the exact circumstances were. What we do know is that all three were beloved friends of the Lord Jesus and he visited them more often there in Bethany. Wonderful to know that these three people welcomed Jesus into their home, isn't it? Jesus loved to be with them. And you see then that the Lord Jesus not only empathizes with those for whom life goes in the general direction of most believers, love, engagement, marriage, children, and so on. No, he also empathizes with with the singles and the widows. He loves to be with them too. They are also included in those he wishes to be with. So Jesus came to Martha's house where Mary and Lazarus also lived enjoyed being with them, but in his interactions with them, he teaches us that something that we as people today ought to consider the most important thing in life. Via Martha and Mary, he teaches us to choose the good portion. So our theme this morning is Jesus teaches us to choose the good portion And we consider three things in connection with that. Jesus and Martha in the first place. Secondly, Jesus and Mary. And in the third place, Jesus and us. First, Jesus and Martha. Congregation, at some time during his travels then, Jesus visited Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And a visit like that, you can can imagine, brought a lot of work to that household. Jesus' disciples would be there with him, so that was 13 people all at once for company. And in those days, they couldn't phone ahead, you know, and say, well, I'll be there at that date and time. So it's quite understandable that Martha was flustered and pretty busy at that time. 
And you can imagine her walking back and forth from kitchen to living room first, and then the dining room, drinks and food had to be prepared, the table had to be set. Martha was very busy with it all. And Jesus admonishes her. And you might ask yourself, was it so wrong of her to be so busy with all those things for a special guest? Wouldn't be good if she didn't bother with those things, right? If the house was messy and there were no drinks and nothing for the guests to eat, it's not good if you let things go in and outside the house so that everything becomes a mess and there's no organization to anything. And if there's nothing to present to guests. But Martha's problem was not that she was so busy serving in her house. Her problem was that she was so busy and concerned at the wrong time about those things. Because Jesus was in her house and he was at that moment teaching. As the text says, he was teaching. Teaching about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus didn't always teach like that. And at at times he would eat and drink too. And he would go to another place in Palestine to stay too and also to teach. But now he was there in Martha's house. And at that moment he was sitting there teaching. And when Jesus teaches, only one thing is important. And that is to be there to listen to what he says. It's the same today, congregation. Jesus comes by and to to visit and to teach today too at certain times. You can think then in the first place of the worship services every Sunday. You see, the office bearers are representatives of Jesus Christ himself. He appointed those office bearers to their respective offices. The elders are the eyes and ears of the Lord Jesus today. The deacons are his hands. The minister is his mouth. Via the office bearers, Jesus himself calls the congregation to come together to worship him, to listen to him. And via the office bearers, Jesus Christ himself is among us here. Via his word and the call of the office bearers. And when he comes here on Sundays, then it's no time to be busy with all kinds of other things, is it? No matter how beneficial those other things may be for yourself or for other people as such. Of course, Work such as taking care of the sick in hospital or the infirm in nursing homes or going out to extinguish fires or policing the roads or guarding jails. Those are all necessary things. But everything else ought to make way for being with the Lord Jesus in worship, listening to his teaching on a Sunday when it comes. Oh, it can be tempting to busy yourself showing a house to prospective buyers on a Sunday afternoon or to prepare an essay that has to be handed in on Monday or to go boating or swimming in the lake instead of being in the Sunday worship service. But via the office bearers, Jesus himself calls you together here and then he is here in the spirit. And there is nothing more important In your life, nothing more necessary for you to do than to listen to him, to sit at his feet. 
and to listen to his teaching. When he teaches, all other activity is less important. And we need to be at his feet, listening to the words of life that come from him. And see, that's what Martha forgot about. Verse 41, Jesus describes Martha's state of mind at the time, in fact. He says to her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And that was, that's behind, that was behind all her busyness. Being anxious and troubled about your, all your responsibilities. It's important to be responsible, of course. You need to take responsibility for your health, your family, your farm, your job. All those things. But to be anxious about, to be anxious and troubled about those things is not to be able to let them go. They're always on your mind. You can't get away from them. You think it all depends on you. Even if you've completed the tasks you have and and you, you can't change anything anymore anyway. And yet you still worry about them. Did I do the right thing? Wonder. As if everything depends on you. And actually then you're in a frame of mind which leaves God in his providential care and keeping out of the picture. Anxious and troubled. You can't give things over. They go round and round in your head and you don't come to rest. Congregation, that's also how you can be in worship on a Sunday too, right? Even if you're physically present, then you're mentally not here. And all those thoughts and worries in your head, they, they mute the voice of your Savior in the word. Those, those words that come to you. And then you're not involved in the service. And that's something we all have to think about. That we're not so busy, busy, busy during the whole week that busy with things around the house and social activities and, and work and so on that we cannot put our minds to rest on a Sunday morning worship anymore. When Jesus comes to teach, everything we didn't take time to process mentally or emotionally during the week then comes up in our minds when we sit here quietly. The thing is, congregation, you need to live in such a way That's what I want to say here, that you you need to live in such a way during the week that you regularly give everything to the Lord in prayer and leave it with him. And then you're going to be ready to listen to his teaching on the Sunday. You can let it go. All the other stuff. And concentrate and focus here. Actually, you need to keep the Sunday in mind all week long. You need to deal with everything during the week in such a way that you, that you can come under the proclamation of the word, under Jesus' teaching, with a quiet heart and mind. Oh, Martha was busy with a lot of good things, serving the Lord Jesus and his disciples. It says she was distracted with much serving. And the Greek word used in the text for serving is even diakonia. You recognize the word deaconry in that. Lots of opportunity for that, for serving. And thankfully, a lot of people busy themselves with serving in the church, serving the Lord and his kingdom within and outside the congregation. Martha Martha was busy with good work like that, serving. 
But we see in the text that you can also be so busy with good and charitable activities during the week that you walk right by the Lord Jesus and you don't hear his voice anymore on Sundays. Or, Or with family devotions. And that's possible. We live in a time of activism in churches. And activism is that you're so busy for the Lord and his church and his kingdom and charity and outreach and, and faith works and all kinds of things that you figure it all depends on you and you no longer time, take the time to actually listen to Jesus' teaching. I'll do this. I'll fix that. I'll make sure that happens. And then it can upset you that others are not as involved as you are. And that you get so little recognition for everything you do. And that all goes around in your head and you end up in a vicious circle of doing more, becoming more anxious and put out. And then feeling pressured to do even more, only to feel more troubled. Activism can be a danger and a damper to spiritual life. You can end up walking right by the Lord Jesus, whom you're trying to serve. And then you miss the good portion. That's what Martha missed, the good portion. Jesus wants us to hear him. And so he wants to live in our hearts. And that brings us to the second part of the sermon, Jesus and Mary. Luke tells his congregation that Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Later on, the apostle Paul would say that he had sat at the feet of Gamaliel and had been taught by Gamaliel. Pharisee teacher. In those days, it was a custom, you see, that a teacher would stand on a sort of stage or podium in front of his students, and then the students sat cross-legged on the floor in front of him, eyes sort of even with the teacher's feet. Imagine students here, that things were like that in, in, in your classroom today. In those days, it was normal, and, and it still is in a lot of places in the Middle East and Africa today. Well, Mary sat at the Lord's feet like that as an attentive student listening to the instruction of our highest prophet and teacher who has fully made known to us the will of God concerning our redemption as we confess in the catechism. He instructs concerning the kingdom of heaven. He gives instruction, teaches about himself, about God, about us, gives instruction about faith, about the law, about prayer, And Mary sat at his feet, listening attentively to him. While Martha bustled about, walked by him, Mary sat at his feet. And that's how it ought to be with us too, right? That's the good portion. Listening to the Son of God, who is the way, the truth, and the life, especially today in a world which has lost its way, A world that doesn't know what truth is anymore. Which puts its own to death in the womb already. And which rightly discourages smoking but at the same time legalizes the recreational use of marijuana. But Jesus is to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He gives the good news in a world awash with fake news and falsehood and He, he does that through the proclamation and the study of the word of God inspired by his spirit. 
the truth comes from him in this broken world. If you want wisdom for life, you have to sit at Jesus' feet today. You need to be where the word is open, especially today. And you need to pray, Lord, make me a good student of the Lord Jesus. Give me a place at his feet. And congregation, sitting at Jesus' feet means three things. In the first place, sitting at someone's feet shows submission. The student submits to the teacher's instruction. The teacher teaches and the student listens and learns from the teacher. And as teacher, Jesus is completely reliable. My feelings and my will and my preferences, on the other hand, are not reliable. They've all been affected by sin. So I have to submit to the word. You can't just brush what the word says aside by saying, as so many do today, well, that was for them. But it can't be the norm for us today in our modern culture. That, that approach guts the Bible of its authority. Nowadays, the public schools teach students to question everything. What, what do you think about this? Can this be true? Especially the Bible then in the light of science too. It's, it's impossible that this world came into existence, as the Bible says. That's just not conceivable scientifically. Congregation, the Bible is the gospel truth from God which has never ever been proven wrong. And if there's anything in it that's hard to understand, it's not the Bible's fault. It's our fault. It's our own fault. Our minds just can't grasp its wisdom yet. And that wisdom is something that we have to work at absorbing our life long so we can keep growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, please take this as a commercial for studying the Bible too, for Bible study this season. New season starts in September. Also studying our church's confession, the contents of the Bible, because the, in that way we build on what has been discovered in the Bible by our brothers and sisters who came before us. We don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. The second thing we're taught by that sitting at Jesus' feet, Martha sitting, Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, is, is that believers are not occasional students. Students at school understand that. They can't, they can't say that, well, I'm going to go to school today, but I'm not going tomorrow. Maybe I'll be back the day after. If, if school is on, you have to be there every day. Otherwise, there's going to be gaps in your knowledge and things will become confusing to you and you don't know what's going on at all. Students are expected to be in class regularly and faithfully. We all forget things. We need to review them again and again and again. Also, the Lord's instruction. We, we forget so easily. We remain students of our Lord's instruction for life. So we need to be faithful in following his Instruction, sitting at his feet. And you know, you can know the things he teaches with your mind, but it also has to penetrate into your heart. Knowing that you're a sinner doesn't necessarily mean that you actually humble and despise yourself because of your sins. And knowing that you belong to the Savior Jesus Christ doesn't necessarily translate into experiencing comfort and joy through that. 
And knowing what the Lord asks of you doesn't automatically become a desire and a delight to do his will. No, we, we need to keep hearing and absorbing the Lord's teaching so that via that continued hearing, the spirit can reach deep into our hearts. And as student of the Lord and his word, he continually shows you new things, too. That's a beautiful thing. The higher you reach in the knowledge of the gospel, the more you see, the more you realize there is to see. The more you know, the more you realize there is to know. We so easily figure we know enough. And then there's so little interest in growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it doesn't take much work for the evil one to lead us into sinful and false ways. But the better we know the word, the more discerning we are, and the more firm we stand, and the more able we are to resist the wiles of the devil. So let's be students for life at Jesus' feet like like Mary wanted to be. Jesus said, she chose the good portion. And the third thing that Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet shows is, is rest. When you sit listening to someone teaching you, you have to sit quietly. That's what a teacher wants in school. You take the time to quietly absorb what's being taught. That's also how you sit under the proclamation of the word of the Lord. Also at home, though, when the word of God is opened at table, boys and girls, sit quietly to take in what the Lord is telling you in the Bible. Not, and not looking at the clock, you know, brothers and sisters, because there's so much to do. Quietly taking the time. This is the good portion. Nothing is more important in your day than to listen to the voice of your Savior as he teaches the truth. To sit at the feet of the highest prophet and teacher. We come to the third part of the sermon now. Jesus and us. Congregation, the Lord Jesus says that Mary chose the good portion. And by no, now you know what that good portion is, right? The good portion also for us. That good portion is your relationship with the Lord. With Jesus, God's son, who in love gave himself, gave his life, his holy life for you. He rose from the dead, ascended into heaven from where he sends his spirit to work in those whom the Father gave him already before the foundation of the world. The good portion is to take the time on Sundays as well as during the week to be instructed by him to sit at his feet. There's no more important place to be than at his feet with open mind and heart than you Understand him. You grow to love him. Respond to his love for you. That's the good portion Mary chose. And she chose it. It went into her heart. That living relationship with the Lord. She washed his feet with that nard. Dried them with her hair. She knew. And she loved him. And that relationship can only be worked by and grow by sitting at Jesus' feet. 
living faith is worked by the Holy Spirit through the gospel as we confess that from in Lord's Day 25, listening to the gospel every Sunday, being busy with it in your devotions at home, listening carefully in the catechism class to the instruction students when the, the, class, the catechism class is beginning in September. Doing those things prayerfully, asking the Spirit to strengthen and grow in your relationship with the Lord humbly, because that relationship is the one thing that's absolutely necessary for your being. Like the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3. One thing. He said one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind. And straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on. Toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. In Christ Jesus. See the one thing Paul busies himself. More than with anything else in life. Is with his relationship with his Savior. And that's something we need to help each other with too, congregation. Encourage each other to grow in the relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to advertise again for Bible study together. I read somewhere that Luther once told a believing shoemaker that if somebody asked him what he did for a living, he should say, well, I'm on the way to heaven and on the way there I sometimes repair shoes. That's something we, we can take to heart, too. We could say, too, I'm on the, on the way to heaven, to my Lord. And on the way, I do some farming. I do some truck manufacturing. I do some auto repair. I do some teaching. One thing is absolutely necessary in life. Moving towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Growing in the relationship with him. All the rest is secondary. No matter how important our minds or the culture or the media today make it seem. Imagine you're on a cruise ship on the ocean. There's all kinds of things to do on a cruise ship. To be busy with, to keep you entertained and happy. But if that ship hits an iceberg and springs a leak, big leak like the Titanic did, then there's only one thing you need. A lifeboat. A lifeboat. See, if you, you live this life as if you're on a cruise ship, you can be busy with all kinds of pleasant and interesting things or worried about many things too until you come to realize this ship I'm on has a big hole in it and is sinking. And that hole, you see, came into this ship, into humanity's ship in paradise with the fall. And humanity's ship is sinking. It is sinking, people. So we're all on a sinking ship here in this life. And there's only one thing you need. is the lifeboat. The lifeboat. That's the only way you can be saved from drowning forever. And now Jesus comes to you in the word. And he teaches you that the ship is sinking. And he teaches you that he alone is the lifeboat who is able to save from eternal descent into the depths of darkness. Listen to him. Step into him, congregation, while there's still time. Grow in the relationship with him. So you know where the lifeboat is, and you step into it. Mary chose the good portion. And I, I don't doubt that Martha was a true believer too. 
Jesus also loved her. But Martha needed a reset to realize again that one thing that's really needed. And that's why Jesus called her to order in the text, Martha, Martha. And it's always a struggle for us to keep that one thing that's needed in mind, isn't it? It's a struggle for all of us to choose the good portion like Mary did at the time. We're so easily distracted in all the busyness of life and family and work and vacation and so on. But let's take the time always to sit at Jesus' feet every Sunday, every Sunday again, and take the time to do it at home to open that word of his And let's also encourage each other to keep choosing the good portion, the saving relationship with God in Christ. Like David, Psalm 27, stanza 2, said, One thing have I desired of God's favor, that I may always in his temple dwell, to view the beauty of the Lord my Savior. Amen. Let's sing that song together, Psalm 27, stanza 2.